0: Campbell and Collins Cookie Quarantine. I'm Seamus Campbell. And
1: I'm Ben Cohen.
0: And we're being joined today with Samantha Bowman. How are you doing, Sam?
2: I'm good. It's Bowman, by the way.
1: Sorry. Ooh. He was just My trying to make is... me feel better since I screwed it up the last, you know, the last time I mentioned you.
2: <laughs> you know, it took it took their time. You know, it worked. It worked out.
1: It would be a lot better, if not for the fact that we've both known you for a couple of years and have definitely gotten your name right many times in the past.
0: Yeah. I have one impediment. Also, my niece's husband's uh, spelled the exact same way, but also pronounced Bauman. So. Oh,
2: they're probably correct. I, I mean, I didn't choose this name, but, you know.
0: I Do any of us way. choose our names?
2: Someday. <laughs>
1: I mean, none of us are going by anything like Stormageddon, Dark Lord of all, so I don't know. It's actually a really profound
0: question.
2: Yeah. What is it, a name?
1: A bunch of letters, pronunciation.
0: And then phonics. Yes. Yes. So, Sam, how was your anniversary yesterday?
2: You know, it was not as planned originally. Um, I was going to... Do this fancy dinner originally we were gonna go to like a very like dc spot and then i was supposed to fly out at like six in the morning today so that i could see all of you um but instead we ordered from one of the local restaurants and we watch um a table read that big the big mouth cast did for feeding america um which was really cool cool yeah it was really fun it was it was pretty hilarious to see like all of these really famous people on Zoom, like reading an episode that's already happened and still laughing at all the jokes.
0: Yeah, so uh, any listeners that may be interested in what we would have been doing, we right now would have been in Kansas City uh, mm-hmm. at the YDA meeting, but that has been postponed because thank you, coronavirus.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry to... To been here, it would have been great to be with him. But we will be in Kansas City, Kansas, uh, mm-hmm. sometime in the future. Not
0: those damaged Missourians, no, we allow they them all to have in the, the Royals
1: and the Power and Light District pretty much out of pity.
2: <laughs> you had to give them something as a treat, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: I was saying last night that actually, uh, by this point, uh, we'd already have the signatures for some crazy resolution our friend Hannah and I would come up with.
2: Yeah, probably.
0: It is hard to top uh, renaming the dog uh, of the president of the YDA.
1: You could have done it, Seamus. I believe in you.
0: Glad someone does.
1: (laughs) See, one of the plans, uh, just to, to continue griping to the two of you and to everyone listening, is that there are several YDA birthdays in the late March, early April period. Mm-hmm. And several of us were going to take somebody's suite who had, who had offered it. Um, thank you to Charles from Wisconsin. <gasps> Shout
2: out!
1: And we were going to have a big old joint birthday party. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. I was going to bring yeah. cupcakes.
0: Well, mm-hmm. now we can have one, but it's going to be bladed. But you know what the drink of choice is going to be, right?
1: Whatever you hand me.
0: Well, so, Sam, I showed this to Ben. I'm going to show this, tell you about this. There is a beer called Virus, or not a beer. There's a vodka called Virus. So, of course, we're going to have Corona beer and Virus vodka.
2: Oh, nice. How,
1: like, how are you going to combine those? Is it going to be, like, is one going to chase the other?
0: You're just going to have to mix it. You know, I don't drink, but, like, that's just going to be, that's going to be the coronavirus.
1: I want people to have fun uh, at any celebration I do, not just literally die.
0: Well, we'll know if it's a problem if they start having like chest pain, shortness of breath, coughing, sneezing. Other than that, then I think we're going to be fine. If it's just vomiting, Let's you know. Figure out
1: how like how the actual coronavirus got started.
0: Did you just oh, hit on yes. something famous? I didn't get. Started. Uh. Well. Uh, if we find out that the vodka comes from a pangolin, uh, then definitely that's going to be how it came from.
1: They have their own culture. Don't judge them just because they're
0: adorable. Okay, pangolins are creepy. Have they're you ever creepy. seen one? Yes! It's like an aardvark meets a like armadillo. It's creepy. Yes! How, how, how do you not like that? I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. However, I'm also like completely scared of like i will start to break out my eyes if i if i see naked mole rats
2: oh how do you feel about hairless cats
0: eh, they're yeah. sort of just weird but yeah i have a huge fear of like basically all rodents oh okay
1: i'm just looking at pictures of pangolins right now and i still like i just i don't get how you could not like these guys see a picture of one just you know curled up around somebody's hand mm
2: well, I think the thing we should really be mourning is that, um, with Ben, I planned an LGBTQ caucus brunch that was supposed to happen. It was brunch and caucus was finally going to happen. And now we have to wait months.
0: Mm.
1: Listen, well, in, in YDA, we love making up random caucuses and we love brunch. These are mm-hmm. two of our
0: Wait, did, did you just say that, LGBT's, that the LGBT caucus is random?
2: No, there are, there are random caucuses. They're not official chartered caucuses.
0: Oh, we um, were. So, dear my, listeners, there is a push. Oh, Sam, you finish. Sorry. I
2: was going to say that as the vice chair of a LGBTQ caucus that is very real, I was trying to bring a Facebook caucus that was the French caucus to life.
1: I mean, you just say it's happening and people are going to go along with it one way or
0: another. So. Sure.
1: We had a tall so, caucus at one point many years ago.
0: We are right now working on a nerd caucus, which there is precedence for, because the Washington Young Dems actually do have one.
2: What's the, like, what were the qualifications that you have to present to, like, join it? Are there, like, dues just in general, or, like, do you have to, like...
0: It's basically it? into, like, different nerdums, from what I remember, like, and their big mission is to try and make sure you don't get red-pilled. Okay. And then if there's a vacancy in their chair, the vice chair with the pointiest ears becomes the new chair.
1: I don't like how logical that is. Mm, Yeah. Shea has got it.
0: (laughs) But yeah, I was trying to do that. You know, Capri gave me the idea, you know, and then Hannah Hannah and I, you know, we're just two troublemakers. Yeah. We're like, we got to do this. I believe in you guys.
2: Another shout-out to Hannah. I miss her so much. I miss sharing a state with her.
0: Well, I got to see her a few months ago. We did a weekend together in the city.
2: Wow. She was up here. That's right, up in New York.
0: Mm-hmm. She
1: came. So, Great that I live the closest to her right now. By the way, shout-out to everyone for our new Where's Hannah Robleski segment. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, came down to Kansas for our state party convention. She is <laughs> going to love that that's part of the show now.
2: It is. Just, you know, five minutes, ten minutes dedicated to Hannah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's face it, is awesome. Yeah. She also, so, yeah, when she was here, we went, saw uh, Brooklyn Museum, Trans Museum, saw Hamilton, uh, saw Wicked. Yes, yeah, so we actually doled out the money to go see Hamilton.
2: Isn't it going to be like on a, you can like see it in the movie theaters sometime?
0: Uh, not until next year.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, till, you can't see anything
0: until 2021.
2: I think I can I think I can wait until then. Okay, actually fun
0: maybe they actually announced that that was going to happen through, like 3 days after we saw it on Broadway. So
2: I've actually never listened to Hamilton.
1: You should. You have the time now, I guarantee it.
2: I do have a lot of time. I have been on social distancing work from home for over 3 weeks now.
0: So for the listeners at home, uh, Sam, tell, uh, tell a little about yourself, like what you're doing, how you're surviving the social distancing.
2: Sure. So, um, the way that I know the two of you is through, you know, young Democrats of America. I'm currently, as I mentioned, the vice chair of the LGBTQ caucus. I'm also chair of the legislation committee. So those are two things that, um, I'm really excited about. Otherwise last year I moved from Nebraska to, you know, Northern Virginia. Um, So I'm now a proud Virginia Young Democrat. Um, And I work for a very large (laughs) political action committee that will not go named. Um, And we have been under, they sent us home on like the 11th. It was like the first day we were working home Um, and we're on an indefinite status. So mostly I have just been watching a lot of television, to be to be quite honest, and trying to see some movies that it's been a while. So we watched all the Lord of the Rings already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're gonna start doing themed movie days. So sometime this week, we'll be doing 80s movies. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah. Ben, I gotta call it, come in, so hold on.
1: <laughs> all right, so I guess this part will get edited out. <laughs> yeah. So- <laughs> I'll hold off on talking about Tiger King then, since I think we decided that that was just going to be a small chunk of the episode.
2: Yes, I've actually looked up. I went through. I went and found the reports for Joe Exotic's governor campaign, so know everything about that. I looked up Carol Baskin's FEC reports and her Florida Election Commission contributions for right. this podcast. Hmm. All right. So
0: I'm just link for Joshua. So, the only Joshua we know has a dog named Manhole. Hmm.
1: I don't know how we got into, into mentioning Joshua's, but I'm glad <laughs> yeah. we did.
0: That's the guy that just called my house. He was looking for
1: Joshua.
2: Oh, no Joshua here.
1: Yeah. Is Josh Till hanging out at your house? Like, is he hiding there?
2: You're not supposed to visit people's houses, Josh. Oh, my God. Social distancing, God. Yeah, so bad.
1: Also, tell him to be on the podcast if he's, like,
0: in the other room right now.
2: Hey, he's just hanging out,
0: isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With him? Oh, actually, no. He's right now mourning the laws of his best friend in television. I, oh,
2: he had, had a new one, one but, yeah.
0: Yes. yeah. I just told him, uh, maybe you should have uh, saved your money and not bought so many shoes.
2: That was a really funny stat, as TVH. <laughs> Quinn has too many shoes as well. Shout out to all Quinn's shoes.
0: Shout out to Quentin true because we give him so much crap but he's also like the coolest person ever
2: oh he's the best
0: yeah he's also now taking up uh, animal crossing
2: yeah and it's pointing out you know that it requires a lot of debt to succeed
1: so it's real life but on your switch
2: and really cute. And you can only do so many things once a day. Now, full disclosure, I'm not, I've never played it. I've been watching uh-huh. someone play it.
1: I haven't either, but everything that you just described just sort of sounds like my real life. Uh-huh. It's really
2: cute. I mean, all I see, I see so much about it on Twitter and like people like hanging out with each other. So that's kind of a cool thing in like the age of social distancing.
1: So that's the real way I should have organized my remote birthday party. I should have bought the Animal Crossing and told everyone to get on there. Oh my gosh,
2: that would have been genius.
1: (sighs) Not everyone I know. However, we'd
0: all have to buy Switches. True.
2: You know
1: what, that's a good decision anyway. I, part of my survival plan was to acquire various Mario-related games and just sort of, you know, roll with that. And I think Yes,
2: Luigi's Mansion is so cool.
1: I've got Odyssey right now. I'm, you know, saving the world by mind-controlling things with hats. Interesting.
0: I figured – I actually realized maybe, like, Monday that I actually – so I'm at my family's summer house to escaped New York City because it's – yes. I know, white privilege all Yep. Rich white guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have – because my parents one year screwed up with Christmas, they both bought me a Super NES Classic. This is so, so I'm not one year. <laughs> <laughs> and so I actually have one here and I didn't even realize so I was like cleaning out my closet so I have an extra NES classic
1: this segment is called Seamus has more fun than everyone else
0: yes <laughs> 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 also, under- su- <laughs> also brought to you by Seamus white privilege I'm glad oh, you're being. <laughs> yes, I, oh, I openly am aware of it.
1: Okay, good. No, that's that's important. That that's valuable.
0: But like people who are not aware of it, like I've been on dates with people, they're like, "Well, you know, the people that are white, you know, they they just actually just better." Like, and I was just, like, I kept on like looking at my watch like, when can I get out of here?
1: So. You know, once you start talking like that, I, I think your excuse is pretty much just whenever.
2: Have you, have any of you either have, like, left a date before it was, like, done?
1: No, but I wanted to. I Same.
2: have. I asked if I could leave once. Yeah, they were, like, they were telling me that they were a huge Republican who thought that Carly Fiorina had good ideas. Um, so this was obviously, like, 2015. Mm. Um, and then they were, like, trying to tell me that they study economics and, like, the wage gap wasn't real. I know, I know. And so at just one point I was like, um, it's all right if I leave. Like I just, you know, I don't, I don't think this is like working between us. And so I just like skidded out.
1: So here's an upside to everyone having to stay at home, all the social distancing. Um, those people are being contained now. Yeah. <laughs> I realize you're in a committed relationship and all that now, Samantha, but hey, nobody is running the risk of having the experience that you did right now because all those guys are probably, I mean, they're undoubtedly stuck at home. Some of them are the stupid types that were probably trying to keep going to their favorite bars for a while um, because the coronavirus was obviously a hoax made up by the liberal media to keep Donald Trump from getting reelected by pointing out his stupidity. Uh Uh, but now they are limited to, oh, probably just getting on every dating app and admittedly probably yeah. showing pictures of their dicks to anyone who will message. Totally uh, but they can't talk people, to
2: them. Probably.
1: Yeah. Well, they were going to do that anyway, to be fair.
0: <laughs> they do have one like, piece of good news, and that is that uh, Pornhub is now renamed Stay, stay Home Hub. Uh, and anyone who just promises to stay home can get a free month's premium subscription and my source on that is not personal is from mashable because i read a lot of tech news
1: this is not a place of judgment
0: mm-hmm. I am. you know mashable was told me about this it's like interesting you know
1: do they condition it on you have to watch at least one video of people like in hazmat suits or something
0: <laughs> rule was it rule 37 of the internet
1: Rule 34.
0: Rule 34, right. So, and for, we
1: no- anyone know, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, Rule 34 is a recurring joke on the internet that if anything exists, there is or will soon be a uh, pornographic variant of it. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in testing the veracity of this <laughs> myself, but I mean, I feel like there are people who have done research on it.
2: I mean, there's and a there website are- for that. I, there is. Yeah, there's a website you can like look up things and like the rule 34. The reason I know this is that somebody looked up Lola Bunny. Oh God. On it after watching <laughs> Space Jam.
0: Every episode so far, we always bring up Space Jam.
2: This Jam's great. episode.
0: What we did last episode.
1: Oh, we did. Did we bring it up in the first episode?
0: i don't think so so maybe that'll become like a recurring theme
2: yeah you have to like explain if you're like pro or anti-space jam well then
1: i think if we keep that up when they do finally get to film that movie i think we need cameos just just Mm -hmm.
2: keeping it you know relevant and in the culture yeah speaking of culture Seamus tell me why you didn't like Tiger King
0: Okay, so dear listeners, uh, for any of you that do not follow us on social media, which, shame on you, because we are the coolest people. We, are, we really are the coolest people al- alive. Uh, Sam and Ben told me I have to watch Tiger King, so I spent pretty much all of yesterday, Friday, watching it, and it was, I'm a big fan of documentaries, but this is
2: amazing.
1: It's not a documentary so much as it is a peek into somebody's actual fever dream.
0: It's a, so the, how would you all describe it? It's about a, the weird cult behavior of tiger lovers and how, and then like has like a bit of a like death plan into it or like a murder for hire plan the oh, yeah, I'll
1: it. crimey towards the end um for the you know maybe three people out there who have somehow evaded it uh it is a netflix docuseries about the rise and fall all of which are equal levels of insane of a man named he refers to himself as joe exotic who ran a private zoo in oklahoma and got up to any number of shenanigans and I've seen at least one person refer to him as the Wish App version of Kenny Chesney, and I can completely see that.
0: He has also run for president and for governor.
1: Mm -hmm. And apparently got 19% of the votes in Oklahoma when he ran for governor. And for those Uh, who think this is a myth, I have confirmed from many of the Oklahomans I know all of the reality of this. I've seen people talk about and post pictures of the campaign swag they got from him, including rolling papers and condoms.
0: Well, so, you're asking for me and my hot take on this, and it's basically, I don't didn't hate it. It's more of, there is no one in this series that is likable at all. I think the, the only person I think I like is there is one employee who at one point they featured that she gets her arm cut, uh, bitten off. Yeah. And the fact that she, like, six days afterward, came back to work, I actually did like the fact that she had that much dedication to her job.
1: Saf has no fucks to give and is the hero we need.
2: Yes. Give Saf like her own show.
0: But other than that, it is... <laughs> The running joke on social media is producers, you can't make a documentary with no protagonist and Netflix says try us.
1: And they did. And a sensation was born. And I'm honestly kind of fascinated by how much this has taken off during the pandemic. Like, I know it would have gotten attention had none of this been going on and people just saw it because it's Netflix and you know, that's just whatever's new on Netflix can become part of the Zeitgeist so easily but the fact that everyone is home and everyone is relying more on the media that they can access from their living room right now, means that you know they have less excuses not to watch stuff like that when they hear about it, because the curiosity factor is high, which means so many people consumed it so much more quickly than they otherwise would have. Uh, and I think that's really, really led to it spreading the way it has. and. I am not an anthropologist in any way. I'm a lawyer with, you know, an undergrad, like a bachelor's degree in political science. So sort of on the periphery of that, but my God, somebody could probably write a dissertation about this and it would be compelling. Yeah. There's been this mix I've noticed since, you know, we spent some time discussing Animal Crossing of just the obsessions of those two things. And I mean, I know there were other shows and games that came out kind of early in the stages of all this, but those have been what people have flocked to mm-hmm. just to keep themselves occupied and entertained. Um, that is genuinely fascinating to me.
0: I've been lucky that I also joined a virtual book club uh, Well, I've actually joined two. I've not done the reading at all for one. But the other one is for the power broker. And uh, so basically I've come to see that Robert Moses is the biggest banff when it comes to like power moves against politicians. He also basically built all the roads and major facilities in New York State. So I've been listening to that a lot like on my downtime.
1: I'm just, I'm getting ideas of what could take off next. Really, I think the best part is that we're not gonna see most of it coming. You have you would have asked me a month ago when you know we were kind of seeing that this was spreading and it could be, turn into such a big deal, uh, the, the virus itself. If you would have told me that the nation would have been brought together by a Netflix documentary about a redneck with tigers, I maybe would have told you to lay off the edibles.
2: Well, I think that Netflix is, like, really, like, someone there is really brilliant as, like, finding, like, the right time to release things. So, like, another great example, I think, for Netflix is, like, um, uh, Making a Murderer. If you remember when it came out, it was, like, that two-week stretch almost about that time of when... Like, all the holidays are happening in, like, December, and so a lot of people aren't working. And that was, like, everything everyone was talking about was your takes on, like, did Stephen Ingram do it? What about, like, was what happened to Brandon Dassey okay? Like, they are so genius at finding the right time to release their things, and the way that their content that they, like, bring is amazing. I mean, before this, we were all talking about, like, love is blind, and because it had just started airing when this trash, like, Bachelor season was happening. Um, And it took them so long to release it, because the filming of Love is Blind happened in 2018. So they are just really, really good at, like, finding the right time to release stuff, so I would not be super shocked if, like, something else just, like, was dropped on us by Netflix.
1: So what I'm hearing is that there is a literal oracle working for Netflix who, one, will bring us great timely entertainment, two, probably could have seen all of this coming uh, and didn't do anything about it because it was better for the business. (laughs) I'm going to write a book about this.
2: In this essay, I will.
1: (laughs) Every 80s movie ever made. I love it.
2: (laughs) So good.
0: Like, I once, like, was seeing someone who, like, did film production and, like, also, like, the Netflix, like, their entire production system is pretty crazy. Um, they have a whole platform for the studios to, like, create all of their artwork and promos and stuff. I know that Netflix, they also, they will just, basically, they'll be sent a pilot and they'll just greenlight it and everything themselves and they'll do all the production so they actually are able to keep their costs down. So there's a lot less of the production costs and upfront costs that come with the traditional TV uh, network uh, pilot to like airing system.
1: Now get them to do that for science. Get a cure coming real fast.
2: Yeah. One
1: that'll only last for three seasons before they'll exit because, you know, they're not making money on it anymore but hey that's the model i think i just made everyone sad
2: no it's okay actually it's making me think about um, governors and their response so um the two of you have wonderful you know have had governors with really wonderful response i live in a state where um, our governor is a former and it like is a doctor um, which is kind of interesting because I've been learning some different things. Where like he doesn't wear ties in the pressers because they're a great way of like spreading bacteria. Um, and I was like, oh, of course he would know. that.
0: It, it makes total sense actually yeah. now that I think about it. So yeah, death to ties. You know, just death get to rid ties. of it completely. Play with this.
1: How has the response uh, in Virginia been?
2: So I would say it has been fine, from what I can tell. I mean, there was been an issue where like people were talking about not being able to get tests. Um, I know that there's no like a, I believe I read that there's no like official stay at home, but like they've closed all this. Like they've defined like what is sort of like official. Um sorry, essential and non-essential businesses. So like everything is like take it out. And they just did some lift where you can do the like booze to go or whatever. Um and like barber shops and all everything's closed. I know for me, because I'm so close to DC I like don't have a like my metro station's already closed. Um and so where most most of the system is as well. Um, but I would just say in general, like most people have had already been told a while ago, like stay home, find the curve. Like they were doing their, their best to like give resources.
1: Do you think people were listening to that?
2: Sort of. Um, I do know just because like, I'm in like the DMV area in Northern Virginia and stuff, that like it wasn't going super great in general <laughs> like a week ago like we have cherry blossom but like season happening and people were still going to the tidal basin and dc had to intervene by like closing the roads because so many people were going to see the cherry blossoms um and there have been a couple times that like we like my partner and i we only leave like go anywhere to get like groceries um or like pick up food um, and I definitely saw some folks um, that were using like athletic fields to like run and like people were playing soccer and, and granted this was right before they did an order that was like close all parks, athletic fields and stuff. But like I saw someone who was like definitely presents as older than like 60 <laughs> running on the track and I was like, what are you doing like this is like definitely not the time to be around all these people. Um, and oh gosh. I know that this week, um, the Jerry Falwell Jr. tried to get the Liberty students to come back.
0: Oh, yeah. Um,
2: Yeah, and the governor was like, no.
1: (laughs) I was wondering, I'd seen that. I mean, I have lots of, you know, only somewhat mean-spirited thoughts about the mindset of getting a large university run by a televangelist in a Mm -hmm. town called Lynchburg to reopen and the possible impacts of spreading around there. But, my God, did, did, like, how many students do you think would have actually complied with that?
0: It, I guess it goes if there is the fear of, like, failing all your classes if you don't return, I think that would be enough.
2: People who have scholarships that ride on their grades. I mean, they're, I can see that there are people who are in, you know, difficult positions that would have, feel like they have to go.
0: However, like when it comes to the populace, and this is not to generalize or anything, but I'm just based on educated guess, I would say that the student body there are all very evangelical, so they probably think that this is like the end of the days and all that. Also, like I, there's a state senator who was published, published something on his Facebook page, and I'm I'm friends with him, or he was on page in his profile, and basically talking about this one bill he has that when the coronavirus vaccine comes out that it'll be like direct to market in new york state and someone comments on this thing like saying oh i hope that you'll find jesus and you'll accept him and uh that you'll turn away from all your evil deeds and thing is that also the state senator is gay so god only knows what he actually was referring there but i go on this dude's page and he also is like goes into like all these arguments about how this is like the fourth horseman of the apocalypse and, and like thank thank God that Jesus that Jesus can return. And I was like, do I engage this dude? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like normally <laughs> I am someone who will go after the trolls. But this one was just like There uh... are
1: some people that are so very fascinated with their own Sort of eschatological beliefs that this is fulfilling something that they've believed in for a long time. Something that is ritual and overall positive because it's going to clear out the sinners. It's going to make the world pure again, or at the very least, it's going to create the premise for a really badass Nicholas Cage movie. <laughs> um, I saw a picture just on social media. Somebody in Utah. Uh, where a woman, you know, belongs to the Church of Latter-day Saints posting that this was sent by Holy Father to let her sons, who are all missionaries, come home early and that she was thankful for it. Like, you know they were coming home to save their lives.
2: I mean, I don't ascribe to maybe the reasons that Liberty students were going to go back, whether that's like religious or anything, but it did make me think about how um, one thing that I was looking to see, and I can't, I don't think it's happened yet. I feel like I would have heard is that because Virginia was already out of session, that they, I think that they were trying to get the governor to um, call them back, like do a special session so that they could do coronavirus, um, uh, you know, updates and uh, give some funding for that. Is any of, have your state legislatures finished or like working on packages like that?
1: Ours finished, but it was near uh, the end of the session in Kansas, when all of this really started to unfold anyway. Um, so they really just wrapped up with some made packages. There were a lot of calls for the legislature to be adjourned early because of that, which some of the higher-ups on that branch didn't really listen to and people were quite upset about. But it definitely didn't go late this year, which for Kansas is always an achievement. Uh, I know during the Brownback years, the legislature having to go along mostly out of arguments over school funding was just sort of a given.
0: Yeah. In New York, uh, our budget is actually due on Thursday, uh, and we're already facing a $6 billion deficit, and because of everything so far, it's now looking upwards of $14 billion, uh, and so it's a question about how they're going to do any of this. There are bills to trial, firstly, to allow for uh, video conferencing mm-hmm. of session. Uh, so see where that goes. But then, uh, so the way that it usually works is it's, it used to be called the three men in the room, but now we have a, a woman of color as, as the Senate majority leader. So... It's now the called the leaders meeting. Mm-hmm. And so it's the Senate majority leader, uh, assembly speaker, and the governor basically come sit together and they just decide on the details. Uh, but the weird part is that because of some quirks in our state constitution, basically the governor proposes the plan. The legislature cannot add anything to it. All they can do is change the numbers. Um, So right now, our governor, Governor Cuomo has a lot of power because I think the legislature, they just want to get in there, vote on the damn thing and then get the hell out because all they because otherwise and they don't get paid and their staff don't get paid Mm -hmm. and doesn't get paid. And also as a state employee, I don't I wouldn't get paid, but I so I'm a little worried, but I'll get get like black pay and all that. But.
1: and hey in a month or so you'll get $1,200 from the government so you're gonna be
0: fine yeah. <laughs> I'm not too worried you know some people are you know, for me it's like you know whatever yeah, I'm just letting this go Appreciate also it. as an introvert I am absolutely loving all this
1: I'm not going to lie I'm, I, I'm the same way Being at home for long stretches, just, you know, with a bunch of books, my TV and my dog is not the most difficult thing for me. That being said, even I'm sort of at a limit where it's like, okay, I do need to have some contact with the rest of the human race. And this makes it incredibly difficult. Sam, where would you sort of fall into that?
2: I know this will shock you, but I'm a huge extrovert. Yeah, so this is, I know, oh my gosh, right. the, the secret's out. Um, I, you know, I've done remote work before, so that part I knew wasn't going to be as much of a struggle, but the whole not being able to do anything part has been something else. And when, like, the weather is, like, super gray, like, it's it's a lot harder. Um, But I would say that, you know, technology, like what we're using right now, has been really helpful in being able to do, like, social hours with friends and like finding ways to get creative like tonight like today's my my dad's birthday and oh,
0: happy birthday to sam's dad
2: ah, yeah yeah yeah. um and he was like i'm not gonna do anything like all that and i was like why don't why don't we do something for your birthday and he's like how because he lives in like they live in colorado and i was like why don't we like talk with your best friends and like i have a brother like why don't we do like jackbox virtual game night um, and so we're going to be doing that tonight at 7, which will be, like, a whole lot of fun to do and, like, be able to feel not so, you know, isolated by being able to play games, have fun, and, like, connect and, you know, make, have lots of laughs with people that I love.
0: I will tell you all, there, if you need a way to get through, like, if a social isolation and stuff, you need an excuse to get out, uh, do what I did uh, on Wednesday. I actually donated blood. Because definitely... Uh, blood centers definitely need it. Um, Mm -hmm. And also it gives you a chance at least to like talk to people while you're doing it because so I have been seeing like all the texts from my New York blood center that they've been getting, they're at critical shortages now. I was like, I gave into the peer pressure. I was like, this is what at least I can do to help people that are especially impacted by COVID-19 or at least other people that are in the hospital. And so interestingly what happened was when i first got there that uh i had an appointment and everything they looked for me in the book they then handed me a thermometer make sure i had no symptoms you know and then because they didn't want too many people there like waiting at once they told me to go wait in my car for about 15 minutes called me uh told me come in did all the vitals and everything uh But, so that was something very simple to do, but also it gives you a chance to get out of the house and actually, like, interact with people, even if it's just, like, sort of on a friendly basis. Because humans are naturally social beings, and Mm -hmm. it is helping just all the healthcare workers.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a definitely, like, crucial thing, you know, and, like, uh, shout out to um, Tammy Baldwin for getting some of her colleagues together to write a letter asking for the the ban for LGBTQ plus men. Um, for they have a ban right now that they can't give blood um, mm-hmm. without sticking with some certain stipulations. And so I am hoping that in this time of need, this might be one of the things that comes out of the crisis is that we'll be able to finally. Um get rid of that ban and that uh, whole bunch of people who'd really love to be able to help others and um by giving blood would be able to finally.
0: Oh and listeners if you didn't hear that, it was me snapping it when Sam brought <laughs> that up. Because absolutely. And one like I posted on Facebook about how I was donating blood and one friend of mine, he said, You know, seeing that you're you're doing this broad tear to my eye and then I said, Oh well, prepare to like start weeping like crazy because I actually was doing the double red. She's like He says, "I've been waiting to give blood for 30 years." I'm like, "Oh right, damn." Mm -hmm. And which, let's face facts. Also, this administration has not been very forward-thinking. So you would think the FDA would think, "Oh, maybe we should try to change these rules at least on like an emergency basis." Since Trump seems to be, Trump just yesterday decided to uh, turn off all environmental laws.
1: That's right. Uh, I. For those who have avoided some of the news thoroughly, and, you know, applause for you for finding a way to do that, the EPA has announced that it is basically going to stop enforcing most environmental regulations for the time being. They don't have even a tentative set end date for when they're going to do this and have actually given themselves the opportunity to extend that past the end of the pandemic that way. So, hey, if you are really worried about the virus, don't worry you give it a few months and smog will come and kill it for us plus a lot of the birds
2: yeah i love the logic here of being like yeah like let's suspend you know planet laws because we're not going to ha- still be on this earth and have to live on it whenever we do emerge from this crisis yeah. like super cool
1: there is nothing that the coronavirus hates more than clean water a lot of people don't know that <laughs> it's very particular about this uh, it only drinks out of a Brita filter. I mean, it takes it on trips with it. It gets really annoying. Uh, and now it's just, it's seeing that and it's going to see how dirty things are here. And it's going to say, you know what? The United States uh, is not the place for me. I'm going to go and hop the border somewhere, probably to Canada and do my work there. Uh, so sorry to any remaining fans of Nickelback. They're probably goners.
0: Um Hold on. I I feel personally attacked.
2: Are you a Nickelback fan? I am. Wow, they really did say you'd find out people's true colors during this crisis.
1: I, and I think I've told you the story, Seamus. I literally directly associate
0: Nickelback with 9-11. You never told me this, but do explain.
1: Okay, so... I was a freshman in high school when, you know, that happened since I'm old enough to, you know, very vividly remember one of the last major national tragedies that had all of us. Hold Hi, Dave, on. New Yorker. I, I lived through it. Oh, yes. Um, when I got too freaked out and too depressed by the news to, you know, keep watching that and all the replays of planes slamming into buildings and all the horror that ensued from that. Uh, I would retreat into the basement of my house where we had a second TV and was kind of my rec room anyway. Uh, And I just put on MTV because they were not doing any of their original programming, just occasional drop-ins for news updates. But then they were just playing music videos. Like, all right, I don't think I'm going to sleep well. So I'm just going to zone out to this. And they did this for a couple of days. And I don't know if it was a coincidence or it just stuck out to me more. But the thing that it felt like was on the heaviest damn rotey song how you remind me. And so all the time that I was trying to de-stress because, you know, watching all this and panicking because oh my god, are you know, we about to be completely beset by terrorists all over the country which everyone was worried about at the time. And somehow the soundtrack to that became this just awful trudging post-grunge song. And, and to this day, anything, especially that song, but really anything by Nickelback, just Brings that back to me mentally. It is a trigger for me. I am not joking. Both of you, people at home listening, can't see this. I can see the looks on both of your faces <laughs> since we're <just laughs> timing this, and yeah,
0: like I, don't, I just have this like this very like really okay weird yeah. uh, look on my face, and then Sam just has like this very like okay like smile on hers because she's perpetually smiling. Me, I'm just like whatever.
2: I was just going to yeah. you know, I'm just thinking that for an episode that was supposed to be about Tiger King, it's been a little bit of a depressing conversation, um, and maybe we should go a little bit lighter for the viewers.
0: Should we start talking about Tiger Listeners, King? Listeners, they can't watch us, unless I put this up as a video, but do we really want to show our homes to all of America in the world?
1: You can see the checkerboard curtain on, uh, on, in my living room, yes. Um, I have great living.
0: so... You can see the photo of my grandfather, who, as we mentioned on the last episode, was an mm-hmm. Olympic runner. Yes. And also a mirror.
2: Uh,
1: you know, it brings us back to our discussion earlier about the way that we consume media during crazy times. Uh, for me, as a teenager on, you know, 9-11, fall 2001... That's what it was. I've got to say, I prefer staying in and watching crazy docuseries over that. It's less of a stressor and more of a, oh my God, the world is really as wild and wacky as we sometimes like to pretend it is on the internet.
2: Oh, you're telling me, I'm like number one Keith Morrison fan. Like I watch so much Dateline. Um, to the point where like my partner is like, okay, like you put putting I'm gonna go to the other room because the stuff is so sad. I'm like, what are you talking about? They get the bad guy.
0: That's my I'm goal. limiting my news consumption to like just the morning and evening. Just, uh, just reading it online as just why I don't have to like watch or anything. It's a little bit yeah. easier yeah
2: same I don't have push, uh, I don't have push notifications on um, anymore. I had to stop the sports ones too before they like when they had like all those positives as well.
1: Because it's too depressing to think that all the good sports aren't happening.
2: I know we were supposed to go to uh, a caps game.
1: One of my original one of the original parts of my master plan for YDA KCK, uh, scheduling had ruled it out already, I, I learned after I'd already kind of gotten the wheel started on it, was that tonight there was supposed to be the, it, was, it wasn't the opener for Sporting Kansas City, but it was one of their first home matches of the season against Rail Salt Lake, who are their biggest rivals, and those games are incredibly chippy, like people will just start pushing each other around the pitch before they even start. And it's delightful. And I was going to bring all of my friends from YDA to Children's Mercy Park and watch that. And now it's off. Dream's shattered.
2: What is... Are you a sports person?
0: Me? Yeah. Uh, Not really, except for, like, the Olympics. I used to be a big baseball person, and then sort of just grew out of it.
2: That's weird, because New York City has two teams that you think that you'd be able to...
0: I know. It's barely that I have so much that I just became uh, spoiled with that. And so I just, like, lost interest. Yeah, another part of me being a spoiled guy.
1: This episode has been
2: about...
0: This episode's title is Seamus is Spoiled. Yeah, I think it is.
2: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. That's so funny.
1: How about Seamus Exotic? (laughs) <laughs> Down.
2: Down. Absolutely. It is. This is the way.
1: Who is your Carol uh, Baskin?
2: Hmm?
1: Seamus, who is your Carol Baskin?
0: Oh, very simple. Uh Patrick J. Riley. Tell and
1: no about one that. of course
0: knows. Uh the president of the Cardinal Newman Society, which is this right wing Catholic organization that basically believes in uh, all his Catholic dogma at uh Catholic schools and especially universities. Uh, he also is a graduate of my college. And then basically right after he graduated, he then mailed back his diploma because they were not consider- like properly conservative enough. Uh, and then I decided, once he had found out that he started his own Twitter account, I said like, just a Twitter I'm like, so when you go to parties and stuff, what t- college do you tell people that you went to? That enough, sent him uh enough for them to uh block me on twitter
2: yeah didn't you guys go to catholic U?
0: I did my freshman year uh, freshman year and then afterward uh, i went to fordham which is where he went
2: oh okay oh okay 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 yeah i knew that there was people from when you went to catholic that i know
1: do we have like any sort of objects like a mannequin or something in this person's likeness which you can threaten to shoot while recording just for full of (laughs) that
2: Recording country music while you do
0: it. Um, Well, first off, I can't. I cannot get a gun because I have a history of mental illness, and under New York law, I am uneligible to get any sort of firearm, which is a good thing. I definitely agree. I'm the first one to admit that I should not own a firearm. Uh, But other than that, probably why not? Like, I can always do a blow up doll, and then you know create some, like, homemade uh, explosives. But I'm not saying I'm going to do that at all because, of course, you know, I don't know violence. And for what it's worth, I actually was a big fan of Joe Exotic in the first episode until I saw that he was carrying a gun all around. I'm like, damn it. Oh,
2: yeah, he loves guns. And I also get – I'm going to take a wild gander guess here that this Patrick person doesn't donate to Democrats like Carol Baskin has donated to a few.
1: Has she really –
2: She donated to Patrick Murphy when he was running against Marco Rubio, and also donated to Charlie Crist in 2014. Oh. Yes. For the listeners, for this episode, I went and looked through Carol Laskin's donor history on the FEC and the Florida Election Commission, and I also looked through the disclosure filings from Joe Exotic's governor race.
1: How many of them promised not to, you know, rat her out for obviously having her husband eaten by a tiger?
2: Ooh. I mean some of i I directly want to answer that with her donation to Susan Collins last year
0: That, that is a fairly- that that wow, that is a deep cut
2: yeah yeah she gave her like a thousand dollars.
0: I will say up until up until the end of the first episode, I was rooting for Joe Exotic because for me it was I cannot stand. Any of those environmental, like, or not environmental, like all of the animal rights people. Uh, oh, I see enough terrible. of them as it is. What?
2: Peanut oh. is terrible.
0: So, oh, yes. But, oh, so I have, I'm going to be discussing the controversy because I don't want any of us being sued. Uh, so, cracked.com, they had a YouTube channel for a time before they went belly under. And they did an episode of a video where they claimed that about how be PETA has been accused of killing the animals that they, then, that they actually saved or released from capti- captivity. And then PETA, their whole, they then sued, cracked for defamation. Uh, and then there was like a cease and desist letter and stuff. And basically they took down the video and then they cracked us, did a video about the whole controversy. So I'm discussing the controversy here. I'm not saying that PETA uh, euthanizes animals that they rescue. I'm also not not saying that. I'm just saying Google it.
1: Well, Peter once said that they felt that all pit bulls should be euthanized. So, you know, I believe most things. It was great. I saw this, posted the article and cussed them out over Twitter. And they actually responded to me just over Twitter. And I told them to fuck off again. And that was the end of it. But that was really, really a highlight of whatever week that was. It's been a few years
0: like We have an issue in New York, a city, about uh, horse carriages. Uh, basically, the environmental people really want to get rid of them. However, if you just like, dig under the surface, you also know that the groups that is behind it, called Night class they're also being heavily funded by the real estate industry, and they really want that land where the stables are. Um, so... And then I got into an argument with uh, someone who is on Twitter. This had to be five years ago. No, it was six years ago. Someone who is now a city council member and also his communications director. And at one point I said to them, like, do you really also want to get rid of the mounted police, which are the police officers that are on horses? They said, yes. I said, you do know that the Times Square bomber was actually captured by someone, who, by a mounted police officer. Then they went silent. So,
1: yeah. reality is not their strong suit. There's a bizarre ideal, and then somehow it leads to get rid of any interaction with animals and kill the ones that we don't think can be. I'm not entirely sure. Luis back into the wild or something, which was somehow part of the basis for their idea that all pit bulls needed to be
0: euthanized. Um, well, let's face facts facts have a well known establishment bias. Yes.
1: They are on the take
0: by the corporations. Mm-hmm. Corporations, you know, the Democratic establishment, the Republican establishment. Um, who else like that's like evil out there? The UN probably. Uh, Brandenburg group.
1: Bilderberg Both is what fans. you're thinking. Of. Thank you. Bilderberg, uh, there you go. Anything that is particularly anti-Semitic, of course, I'm an expert in because I am just a core player in all of those. I was about to say, my people are the core of the establishment. I mean, we own the banks, the media, uh, all of the medical field. We literally control stand-up comedy to influence people to do crime. Um, I'm fairly certain I've heard somebody say that before. Uh, so this is all just <laughs> a better time for, for us. Um, you Note know, to self, never piss off
0: Ben, because he will just end my career and life.
1: I mean, we've already established what you're capable of doing. We haven't reminded people what a threat I can be yet.
2: Yeah, we've been talking, we haven't explored Ben's privilege.
1: The fact that I can just call up John Stewart and have him assassinate you? Yep. That's how it works. You think I'm joking. I can say this on air because people... <laughs> I'm not. He's coming. I cannot for be attached
2: to any of these things. Public disclaimer. <laughs> <sighs>
0: oh, Jon Stewart. Why did the- oh, like, this is like times that we need to him on the daily show. Just, I like Trevor Noah and stuff, but it's just not the same.
1: I these are times where it's hard for me to consume even like satirical news for long stretches. Um, you know, I love Trevor Noah too, but even before he had to stop, you know, recording episodes, it was getting difficult for me because everything, even with a little bit of a laugh to it, was a little bit too real for me. That's, I think, why even when we talk about real events uh, on this show, we have to cut them in with the various terrible jokes and references to 90s movies that we go for. Otherwise, it'll be too stressful for either our listeners or, more importantly, me. Because,
0: of course, if we just get Ben ben angry, then... Well, the Hulk is already green, so and then of course green is the color of money. And then Ben controls all the money.
1: Thank so, you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. So
1: I'm glad somebody gets it, Seamus. Yes. So many people don't understand the work involved.
0: He already if anyone who ever has seen a photo of Ben, like he also kinda looks like the Hulk. I mean that I mean that lovingly, of course.
1: I've never had someone say that to me before.
2: How do you feel about that?
0: I, 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 I'm not sure. It probably <laughs> could. I mean, well, you're are also- saying
2: that he looks like Mark Ruffalo? Because we can discuss this.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, please do. I'm not saying Mark Ruffalo at all. I'm saying the Hulk.
1: <laughs> do you think I look like Mar- Mark Ruffalo, Sam?
2: Uh, I mean, Seamus said it first, but, um, you know, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll give you Mark Ruffalo. I mean, a little bit, you look more like Mark Ruffalo than Eric Bana. How about that?
0: Okay. Was it Eric Bana? I thought it was... uh, Who was the other one? Ed Norton.
2: There's been three Hawks.
0: Yeah. Seriously, Marvel, what the hell? I don't...
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think those were Marvel.
1: uh, Eric Bana was before they got the rights to the Hulk back and started doing Marvel Studios. Edward Norton was supposed to be the franchise star, but apparently he was a massive nightmare to work with, so they recast him when they established that they weren't going to do Solo Hulk movies anymore. Virginia
2: native Mark Ruffalo. Nice.
0: How, uh, ho- no, no, no! Hold on. He lives in New York now. He's one of ours.
2: He's a native. I mean, he's from here. I can't. I can say that he is from Virginia. Mm-hmm.
0: We all okay. So then, oh, but hold on. But you're not really the person. You're not apt to say that though, because you're from Nebraska.
2: I mean, I'm from other places. I lived in Texas for ten years when. I'm eventually president of the United States. Iowa's going to claim me because I was born in Sioux City because it was the closest hospital. You know, it's, you know, it's a real, I'm a, I'm a really complex person. Okay.
0: Wait, so when are you, uh, so you just announced, are you announcing your pres- candidacy for president on this podcast?
2: Yeah, it's Bowman, uh, 2032. I'm running so that everybody can finally pronounce my name correctly.
0: Who will be your running mate?
2: You know, gritty, probably, but that you know, I'm keeping my options open.
1: We haven't had a mascot president yet.
2: Right. Um, I'm really trying to make history.
0: Well, no, Martin Van Buren.
1: That's right. I forgot that he sold M Ms for a while.
2: I did not know that. You learned something new every day. That's
1: because I just made it up now. But I was. Like,
2: oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mm. no. No, I'm gonna Goog- Google,
1: Google, Google that later. Before
0: J.K. <laughs> Super- Okay, well. <laughs> right! these show notes are gonna be fun
2: <laughs> learn about people's privileges and how martin van Buren sold m&ms <laughs> <laughs> the more you know
1: when somebody is going to you know after society rebuilds itself in 100 years is going to hear this, think it's an actual historical document, and that's going to start going in history books.
2: Yeah. Well, they are going to know that we live in a society.
0: We, we do. A society run by an orange thing. We're, we're making yeah. right now. And we space. don't mean gritty. <laughs> but we could mean gritty.
2: We could mean gritty. I, if, I mean, I wish... Uh, Hold on.
0: Hold on, actually. Have you ever seen gritty and Trump in the same place at the same time?
2: I would never, ever assume that they are the same person, because... I don't
1: think the Secret Service would allow them to get close because of what Gritty would do.
2: Exactly. Well, and Gritty has its own security team, so, I mean, we can't, I mean, we did just learn that Gritty has an apartment of some type um, in a recent Tiger king Ask video, so, you know, there's a lot to unpack here. <sighs>
0: the potential is amazing. I love gritty. But hold on. A uh, Virginian and a Pennsylvanian, it sounds a little too revolutionary.
1: How do you know it's not meant to be?
2: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm really just trying to win, you know, those swing states. I have to I have to win Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah. No, this is important. This is
0: tactical mm-hmm. and I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I'm long gaming already.
0: Per- perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as you don't uh, make sure you also visit Wisconsin
2: yes i mean i've never been um but we'll hopefully try to squeeze it in
0: well we know already who has to like run your wisconsin team
2: oh i know charles what a great person Mm -hmm. um yes charles say
1: something nice about cheese you'll be set
2: True. I mean, I can do something very, like, po- you know, politician-esque, because I'm lactose intolerant, but I can be like, you know, the idea of cheese, it's nice. I hear many people love
0: it. Or are you going to say, like, how awesome that Green Bay is that it's owned by its fans?
2: Um, I'm a Vikings fan, so I probably would never try to tread on that.
0: I'm, just, I'm not saying that you have to be a fan of the team. I'm saying you have to be a fan of the franchise and how <laughs> yeah, it is owned I'm by so the so fans. Sure. Like, you're, it's sure. like a whole socialist Green utopia type thing going on. Mm-hmm.
1: People at home cannot see the look on Samantha's face right now. It it's is just the, 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 the mouth is a straight line.
2: I'm, it's like yeah, that she's basically trying to hold in like emoji, a... Like.
0: <laughs> it's like that she's like both giving me the side eye with her mouth and also trying to like hold in a vomit. I
2: like, will not about disparage nor color. compliment the Green Bay Packers.
1: Mm.
2: Everything that they're about. If I you told me
1: that Von Miller of the Denver Broncos had invented the cure for the coronavirus, and literally the only thing I needed to do to get to get it and to bring it to all my friends was to compliment any of the many, many big plays he's made against the Chiefs. I mean, I might do it eventually, but I would have to do a couple of shots first.
2: You should you know, my angle on that would just be to compliment um his chickens. This, a little fun fact about uh Tom Miller is that A&M, he was a like chicken science minor, and has like a chicken tattoo. What? Mm-hmm. How do you know that? What is that? Uh, I believe that I learned that on. He did hot ones, I think.
1: I, I I'm trying to just. I mean, I'm great at obscure knowledge like that.
0: Well, it's That's like different- how. Uh, it's like uh, how uh, Rick Perry has a degree in animal husbandry. Well,
2: it was the same... Rick Perry went to the same school, didn't he?
0: Maybe. He not, was, I don't know. He was
2: my governor at one point.
0: I'm sorry you had to live through that.
2: Same. Oops. Such a ding-dong. Yeah, he also went to A&M. That's true.
0: And he was in charge of nukes. Does yeah. that sit in, he, like... Was in charge listeners. of
2: a uh, entire department that he forgot about in his own presidential run.
0: But listeners, just, just let that sink in, and maybe this will end the episode. <laughs> Rick Perry, Rick Perry, who has a degree in animal husbandry, who forgot about the same department was in charge of nukes. Yep. He was in charge of our entire nuclear arsenal. Yeah, that's the world we live in. So, if things can't get any worse, just think about who Trump has appointed to various positions.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's something to think on: is all the people he's appointed, and if they're qualified, and if they've ever been arrested before? Because Rick I'll parents. break
1: in here to note, and I've said this to people in private settings before: I am ready and willing to be a post-apocalyptic warlord, and I think I will be great at it.
2: Yeah. Um, I, you
0: know, we, we thought we were going to talk about cults, but I will follow your cult. Okay. Oh, uh, Have I, uh, I I'm, I'm down. Yeah. Down. Can I be like a viceroy?
1: I, there'll be paperwork to figure all this out.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, Did uh, be, if you need someone to like to help with that stuff, you know, achieve a staff type role, I'm on it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Again, like, there are forms. I want to be professional about this. Um, I, I wasn't necessarily going to call it a cult, but neither does Doc Antle and that's what got oh. great for him. <laughs>
0: Mm. hold on how many wives are you gonna have
1: I was not planning on starting a harem I'm not that kind of warlord Uh, I mean I love Fury Road as much as the next guy but that's the wrong takeaway from it (laughs) I just just want there to be you know a stable society full of statues of me everywhere uh, that people put a lot of love and care into crafting
2: is that so much to ask for
0: really
1: I don't think it is yeah
0: Well, everyone, it's been great potting with you. Sam, thanks for coming on. Thank you
2: for having me.
0: Yes. Uh, our podcast is, I guess, produced by me. Uh, our theme music is produced by, uh, composed by Andrew Nacarata. I've been Seamus Gamble.
1: I've been Ben Cohen. Our guest today has been Samantha Bowman.
0: Yes, you got it. Bam. Yeah. Boom. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe.